Welcome to the Contractor Soapbox Podcast. My name is Robert Tidwell, and we're going to get into uh, episode 7 today about estimating and the process of how we do it. So, again, we own a landscape, hardscape, design, build company. We used to do mowing, lawn care, so you get your fertilizer, your weed control, aerations, everything like that, but we don't do that anymore, so we are just looking at the install, design, build type side of it now. Um, So currently, and the process is always changing, always, we don't have it perfect and probably won't at any point because if you're not changing you're not growing really so right now the way we do it is if somebody calls if they email or put in a contact form submission through our website we have to gather certain information now the nice thing about the website contact form or however our domain holder calls it you have to fill out certain parameters certain questions biggest one is budget i've made that required within our website somehow we do have uh, a couple people that get around it sometimes i'm not sure how they do that but they do have to you know choose a certain um certain box from that drop down so you know it may be a thousand to five thousand five to ten thousand and it and it kind of goes up from there but the reason we ask for budget within that contact form submission and then we also ask it when somebody calls in is because that is part of our screening process if somebody calls us and says nope my budget is three hundred dollars well unless you're having a couple yards of mulch installed on an easy property in your front yard that three hundred dollars isn't going to get you far And nine times out of ten, we're just not even going to come out to that estimate. We're going to inform that potential customer that we are not a good fit for them and, you know, go from there. Now, that being said, we have had people, you know, get past us, I guess you could say, within that screening process. Um, And that just kind of comes with the territory, I guess you could say. So, for example, beginning of the year... Uh, had a guy that wanted this pretty big wall. Um, I forget what the exact measurements on it were, but anyways, it came out to like forty or fifty thousand dollars. He told me that his budget was, you know, I think it was like seventy thousand dollars. He wanted to make sure he was under seventy thousand dollars. Well, I give him the price for the forty or fifty thousand dollars, and. Uh, too expensive all of a sudden for him. His budget's $30,000. That's what it is. And we can't we can't drop our price that much, nor will I drop my price, but I, I, we can't find a product cheaper that we feel comfortable installing to lower the price $10,000 or $20,000 whatever it was on that that um, that project so sometimes people do get past you it will happen uh, Vicki and I have talked back and forth about charging for each estimate 
I'm starting to think that we should, even if it's a hundred bucks. And then if you choose to have us provide the service, whatever it may be, then we just wrap that into your bill. No problem with the hundred dollars. If you decline it or reject the estimate, then you get a hundred dollar bill. Um, and that, that way it can kind of weed out a little bit more. Vicki thinks a little bit different. She, uh, she doesn't agree with me because nobody else in the area does it. So she thinks that we'll lose quite a bit of potential customers because we don't charge for our, because we charge for our estimates, but other people don't charge for our estimates. So that's kind of where we're at there. If you have a uh, comment about that, then leave a comment or a review within our our little podcast section there uh, on iTunes or Spotify, wherever else you can leave comments or reviews. So anyways, you've got the call, you've got the website form submission, you got to set up the estimate. Uh, Generally, I try to set aside about an hour depending on what the estimate is for. But generally these days, most of our estimates are about an hour long. Um, cause we're going to go through, you know, what kind of paper do you want? What kind of, um, block do you want? You know, flowers, things like that. I want to get a whole bunch of questions answered within that time. So I can go back to the office, get it filled out or, you know, do the estimate and not really have to bug them too much from there. And then also within that hour, I've got my drive time, you know, to the next estimate as well. You know, because we try to condense our estimates to one city at least or one area for uh, each day, uh, certainly in the springtime. Because in the during the spring rush, you know, we've got uh, 10 estimates, if not more, a day for these install jobs. So one thing we did change this year or added, I guess you could say, to our process is we we have an Excel sheet within our um, within our OneDrive, I think it's called, through Microsoft, and so that way Vicky and I can share it. So she, as she puts them in, or as I put the estimates in, but most of the time she's the one that's you know making the appointments for the estimates and and everything like that. She can. Put the person's name on this Excel sheet and then put the date that that the appointment or the estimate is set for. And then she gives me a little description as well on what the the estimate is for, whether it be landscaping or a, a walkway or a patio, or they're just looking for specifically trees installed within landscaping, something like that. And then I have to go through after I'm done writing the estimate and just put my put the date that I sent the estimate out. And then from there you go through the follow-up process. And I'm pretty big on the follow-ups and we color code them so we know, okay, green means we've had our green means accepted, but I think it's blue is the first color, and that's the first follow-up. Second follow-up is a different color. We do at least three follow-ups with the people. Uh, within our software, our CRM, we can also see if people have viewed the estimate, 
and we check for that as well because if they haven't viewed it then nine times out of ten it's because it's gone to their spam folder and they just didn't know that they had it so then we will proceed to call them sometimes now if I write an estimate and we have somebody that I really don't want to do work for but I kind of wrote the estimate just because we may have wanted a little bit of work you know let's say it was a day or two job but then we filled up we just put a note in there as well that says don't call this person whatever it may be um, sometimes we we try to get out of estimates without being too rude I guess you could say and the people still want the estimates so I'll just whip out a number real quick and then we don't do a follow-up on it usually and that's got a different color as well as well as if the customer has responded back to us and said hey I'm just waiting on whatever it may be a lot of times when we're doing projects they are having other projects around their house done so they're waiting to see okay my driveway is going to be this much or they're going to be here then you know what can we do as far as the landscaping or hardscaping work goes now there are some crm softwares out there that have automations we have used one of those before the automations i think are a great idea because you don't even have to think about it as long as you're going in and accepting the estimates when the people call if I remember right, when we had that CRM, if they accepted it through their online portal, then you didn't have to worry about that. But right now, we don't have that option. Um, but if they also call, you have to just go in manually and make sure that you accept that. And sometimes there are mistakes made. I understand that. But automations are great because you should always doing, be doing follow-ups with people. You know, sometimes they may forget about you. Sometimes it may be that it did go to their spam folder and you can just send them a quick email through your own email, you know, through your office. And they will get that and say, hey, I never got that but you're sending me a follow-up or again you give them a call we do have some older clients that we would rather call too because they may be looking out for the estimate on their email but they're not so much just looking for the simple hey we're scheduling up for the year do you want this project or not so and we do at least three follow-ups um, generally after the third one we've got an answer uh, we've had, I think, one person contacted us like a few months later after we did three follow-ups and didn't hear anything back from them. But generally, after three, you're going to hear back from somebody. Now, during the estimate process, like I said, things are being noted. Things are being said, you know, about the follow-ups, about if they responded back to us. But once they accept that estimate, it gets marked green, red if they reject it. And with the rejection, we put, you know, why they rejected, whether it was out of their budget, they found somebody else, uh, they moved, you know, whatever it may be. And we, um, we have a separate sheet within the Excel that Vicki mainly uses because she's the one that takes care of our, our down payments, our deposits on projects now 
as far as the deposits go, we used to do 50-50, so 50 uh, to schedule or just start the project, and then 50 at the end. We no longer do that. Uh, we had, I wouldn't say issues with cash flow, but we found a easier way to do it, I guess you could say, to have more cash flow in the beginning. So what we do now is we do 33% down to schedule, which um, if they accept it, that invoice gets sent out within that day, maybe. Sometimes it's the next day, depending on when they call. So because like I said, Vicki does take care of that portion of it. So it depends on what she's got going on throughout the day. If she's working on something and somebody calls and says, hey, I want to accept this estimate and it's, you know, five o'clock, then it'll probably be the next day before they get that invoice. Then we send another 33% down a week before we start the project. And then we give them that week to pay it. If we show up in that, well, we don't show up if that invoice isn't paid pretty much. Now we do have some people that pay by check and we kind of feel that one out, weed it out if we have to. But usually, if they send that check out the day that they get that invoice, we're going to have it before the, the project starts anyways. So now we have 66% of the project total price. So once we finish, we do the last 33% down for the final invoice. And that is due pretty much immediately. Now, some people, they pay online, so it may be the next day before we receive the, those funds. Not a big deal, but we do make that, you know, an immediate um, due on receipt invoice, I guess you could say. That has helped out our, um, our cash flow tremendously uh, over the 50-50. And then also, if they decide not to pay, I already have 66% of the cost or of the invoice. Now, that's still quite a bit of money left on the table. If it's a large invoice, you know, let's say it's a $100,000 job, that's still quite, quite a large invoice that's due at the very end. But at least I have more than 50% of that uh, total invoice. Now, as far as the estimating goes... On my end, um, I'll do a simple sketch for people sometimes if they do want an actual, like, drawn-out design that's not just simple sketch, it, then it does cost. We do charge for that. Most of the time, people just want the sketch. Um, and then also, we do get a... Um, we can get a 3D view of the proposed project if it's involving Belgard products because through being a Belgard authorized contractor they do offer that but uh, we generally warn people that that will take longer than actually getting the estimate just because Belgard is taking care of multiple contractors and generally we try to get our estimates out within a week sometimes they're a couple weeks but generally about a week so we just warn people if they do want that 3d view then it will take a little bit extra longer and 
and I have to kind of check in with bell card and say, okay, how much longer do we have? And a lot of times it's about two, sometimes three weeks before we get them back. And sometimes we have people that just reject the estimate so I can just say, okay, don't even worry about a bell guard. You don't have to do it anymore. Eventually, I would like to start doing those 3D designs, but I haven't gotten into that, honestly. Um, I do the drawings, but not the 3D designs themselves. So, we also use uh, our CRM for estimating, which we have LMN as our CRM, which is great for estimating on the landscape side um, or the hardscape side, so pretty pretty much any install work, we found it to be really good for the budgeting and estimating software. Because I could just put in, you know, what I need, how much I need, make sure the price is correct, because this year our prices have changed constantly, so that does take me a little bit longer. But at least the, the back-end stuff as far as the overhead and um, equipment costs is Pretty much the same. It doesn't change as much as the supply pricing has changed this year. Now, before we had LMN, I did use an Excel sheet. Definitely didn't account for everything like we do within LMN. I will say that if you are in the design build, I am a big proponent of using LMN, but I know there are other CRM softwares or estimating softwares out there that can be used. I just haven't looked into them too much. We've just been so happy with LMN. I think we've had them for three years now, and before that we had a couple other different softwares that worked pretty much with our mowing and lawn care side of it, but not so much with the, uh, the design build side. So we, um, we just prefer that. But if you don't have that software, maybe you're just getting started out because I know that LMN can be a little more on the expensive side depending on, you know, if you're just starting out or maybe this is your second year and, and last year was a was, um, little bit less than, than you hoped for. So we used an Excel sheet, but you do have to make sure you're accounting for everything. So, you know, your truck gas, your equipment fuel, and just make sure that you're accounting for your overhead within your employees and then your, yourself as well. And then everything else that, that goes in with that, your advertising, your marketing, um, and just the, the time that you take to go to estimates. So for the mowing side of it, how we used to do it, and we did it a few different ways. Uh, the first year, didn't really have so much of a system, but I knew I wanted to be right around the $60 per hour range when we first started out. So, and a lot of mistakes were made in the beginning of, of doing these estimates and certainly for mowing and certainly most especially for fall and spring cleanups. So a lot of times what I would do is I would go out to a property and meet with the people, take a look around, not really take any measurements. Sometimes I'd just drive by and say, yeah, I got this and say, okay, I can do this in 20 minutes, but my minimum's 
$30 an hour or $30. So I'm going to make an extra 10 bucks on this one. No big deal. Yeah, that doesn't actually account for anything. You can't do that. Um, that's why I do prefer having LMN. But like I said, there's other CRMs out there. And the big thing that we found with the mowing side of it and even the lawn care side of it is to do kind of like a rate matrix. Um, that's something that we learned from Mike Andes over at Augusta Lawn Care. And if you haven't heard of him, definitely go take a look or yeah, take a look at his YouTube channel. He also does podcasts, and a lot of times they're just off of his YouTube, um, his YouTube videos. But anyways, we used a rate matrix, so I think it was like 1,000 to 4,000 square feet, and then we kind of bumped it up from there. You know, every 5,000 square feet, the price would bump up. I think it was like 5 or $7, something like that. So we would say, okay, in the beginning it was $30, and then we learned that $30 didn't cover it, so we bumped it up and kept bumping it up, and then... This year, as you know, we no longer mow anymore, and we did the same thing with fertilizer. So with the fertilizer, it did change once we got LMN because we would say, okay, well, if a bag is $10 and we're going to use this many bags on this property because it's this size, then the prices weren't always the same as, as it used to be where we'd say, okay, well, you're within this bracket, it's 50 bucks. And that's why I'm such a big proponent of using LMN because they'll say, no, it's more like $52 if you're looking for whatever profit margin it may be based on your budget and your overhead. So the biggest thing that we found with the mowing um, is not to just do drive-bys. You have to get measurements. Uh, and what we eventually ended up doing was switching over to... Um, measuring it by satellite if we could now there are some properties that you're not able to do that and you do have to manually go out there and measure it but by doing it by satellite vicky was able to pull up the image measure it out and we used most of the time we used the city or the county gis site and a lot of times certainly within one of our cities that we used to service they already had the measurements there I mean, down to the detail of how large or what the what the footing of the house was. So we already knew what the the measurements were or the, the square footage was without having to physically measure the property with um, whatever tool they have within their program. So to try and save time, I would highly suggest if you're mowing, using it that way, using a rate matrix to say, okay, it's going to be this price, but if there is a site access problem, like you can't get to the backyard with anything except for a push mower, then it's going to drive the cost up a little bit. And we, uh, the way our website was set up is we would explain all of that within our website as well, because we would have the rate matrix on there. So if somebody knew that their property was 4,000 square feet, they knew, okay, it's 30 or $35, whatever it was. But we also had in there, okay, if you have a site access issue, if you have, um, 
you know, let's say a large hill in your yard, you know, it, it's probably going to be $40 instead of the $35. So that kind of helped screen people out as well, as long as they went on their, on our website. But with, if they didn't go on the website and they called me or Vicky, we were able to just go in. And a lot of times we were sending those estimates out within, you know, an hour at the most because we already had the template set up with the description of what we were going to do. So we would cut the grass, string trim, blow, edge, things like that. Um, if they wanted shrub trimming, though, most of the time I'd have to go out there. Lawn care, a lot of times I would go out there because at that point I'm seeing what's going on with the lawn. You know, what do they need besides the fertilizer and weed control? Do they need an aeration? Um, <clears throat> and aerations are... They were a great money maker for us because we have a lot of clay in the area, so having an aeration is definitely a big help. So I think I pretty much covered it all at this point. If you have any questions about it, uh, you can always contact us, like I've said before, at Mitten Landscape Design at on Instagram. Um, Still working on that TikTok. I haven't. Uh, I got it set up, but I haven't done anything with it yet. Um, and then also, you can leave a comment or review on uh, iTunes, Spotify, uh, your whatever podcast uh, platform you're using. And hopefully, we'll see it. We should be able to see it, and we will go from there. But until next week, or we will see you next week, I guess you could say, or you could hear from us next week. Have a good one.